This is Darren Kuhn with the Masculine Journey podcast, where we search the ancient paths to find ways that God brings light into a dark world and helps set men free from the struggles that we all face on a day-to-day basis. Your Chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening and for choosing the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Welcome to the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now... Good morning, everyone. You're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. I'm Bob Young, your Christian junkyard guy. Robbie is out today, so I will be hosting the show. We have a lot coming at you today. We have a special guest that I can't wait for you to meet. We have gas mileage tips to help you get the best performance out of your car. Also, the last segment of the show, we have another episode of Christian Car Guy Theater. This is a call-in show, so please feel free to give us a call at 866-348-7884. That's 866-348-7884. Have a news flash for you for those in the Winston-Salem area. I was driving here today, and at Oak Forest United Methodist Church, there's a car show and fall bazaar going on. There's a lot of yard sale items. There's a silent auction going on. But what caught my eye was all those pretty shiny cars sitting right out front. Our topic this morning is what's holding you back. What's keeping you or your car from achieving its maximum performance? What is keeping you from doing the things that God has planned for you? There is so much more that I could and should be doing for the kingdom of God, but I let things hold me back. Whether it's the things in my past or my selfish plans for the future, so many times I've had the opportunity to do something really positive, but I let things keep me from achieving my full potential. Take this show, for example. I have hosted in the past, but because of my selfish reasons, I passed up on many opportunities to host in recent years. Every time Robbie would ask me to host, I would figure out a way for someone else to host, (coughs) excuse me, and for me to be the guest. I'm just more comfortable in the guest position. But this time I had to ask myself, how important is my comfort? Yes, I will be a little nervous. Yes, I may mispronounce a few words, and probably will. But on the other hand, I may say something that has a positive effect and changes someone's life. When I let my personal comfort stop me from trying to do my best, my best work for the kingdom of God, I have to ask myself, just how comfortable was Jesus when he hung there on that cross and died for me? And when I look at it from that perspective, it's a whole lot easier to say yes to hosting today. 
when I think back to the first time I sat in the host chair, I get really tickled. I was a complete train wreck. I was sure I could talk for an hour, on any day, under any circumstances, with no problem at all. I had prepared what I thought was plenty of material to last the whole show. I had been a guest many times and watched Robbie gracefully navigate the show and phone calls with little or no trouble. So I thought I was fully prepared to deliver a Christian car guy show for the ages. But when the show's introduction came through my headphones, everything changed. See, when you're making commercials, which I had a lot of experience with, and you say something wrong or mispronounce a word, you just stop and start over and redo it. When you're on live radio, it's completely different. Whatever you say goes into the mic and comes out of speakers all over the country. So if you say something galactically stupid, you can't reach out and snatch it. It just goes right on out there. This thought nearly paralyzed me on that first show. I got so nervous I started talking extremely fast. And in the first segment, I used up most all of the material I had prepared for the whole show. Also, I had no guests with me in the studio, so at that point... I was flying solo with only fumes in the tank. Not a very good feeling. But as always, God provided exactly what I need, what I needed when I needed it the most. During the second segment, Jerry Mathis from Ray's Body Shop called in. What a blessing it was to hear a dear friend's voice in my time of need. Talking with him on the air helped me gather my composure and gave me a sense of calm that I needed to finish the show. It was not the first time Jerry had come to my rescue, but it's the one that I'll remember forever. I mentioned I had no guest on the first show that I hosted, but today I do. Our guest today is Mr. Terry Inman. Terry has been a big part of my life for many years. He worked for me at 109 U Pullet. He was one of my son's dearest friends. And Terry and his family even let Rob live with them during a very difficult part of his life. Needless to say, we have been very close for quite some time. We still go to Wednesday night service nearly every week and out to to eat afterwards. Terry has become a huge part of the Jesus Labor of Love ministry. As many, many of you know, this is a ministry God put on Robbie's heart years ago where we are able to help widows and single moms with car repairs. As the ministry grew, we began to get cars donated to help with our cause. Some of the cars needed only, only needed minor repairs, and some were at the end of their life. Both are a blessing because the repairable cars end up with someone in need and the end-of-life cars are sold to raise money for the ministry. Many of these donated cars require towing, and that's where Terry has been such a huge asset to the team. Terry, it's great to have you here today. So tell me, how did you get started with the ministry? Thank you, Bob. Um, Well, come on years ago, and it's always been in my heart to do what I could for Jesus. 
did a lot of wrong for him. So um, I thought I could just whatever I could do little for him that I could pay back. Um, a year ago when COVID hit, me and my wife were sitting around and was talking about what we were going to do. She was put on part time and uh, we was was pondering things to do and uh, coming a thing. I said, well, I'm going to buy a rollback and I'm going to buy some junk cars and we'll keep it rolling. And then I thought about Robbie and you and Jesus Labor of Love, and I said, man, I want to be a part of that too. How can I help? And uh, I reached out to y'all guys, and y'all guys gave me a chance. It's such a wonderful blessing. that, uh, And and the way God put that on Robbie's heart years ago and how it's grown and transformed. And, you know, at first we just had a few mechanics, and now there's mechanics all over the country helping people. And uh, when he first brought that idea to me, I was like, mm, okay, we'll give it a shot. But I, I wasn't sure, you know, that um, I, I just wasn't sure if it was something that that we could uh, really, really make happen and everything. But what a blessing it's been and how it's grown. And, and uh, you and Scott being added to the team has been just a great thing and uh, just really excited about where it goes. How did you, um, you know, I knew you worked for me at the yard for years. Uh, I can't remember how many years. Seven, eight. I started in 2011 with you, um, and I worked to the day you walked out the door. Before <laughs> <laughs> on that. Well, not many people know the fact that uh, that I have walked out the door, but I have. But uh, still have, still have a great uh, relationship with the folks there, and uh, wish them all the best. They uh, they sure blessed my life. But uh, we have a lot coming at you today. Um, it's going to be a fun show. We got some tips about keeping your cars, keeping your cars fuel mileage up to the to the maximum there and uh, one of the first tips it is uh, is to keep your tire pressure you know under inflated tires really decrease your gas mileage uh, at the gas pump i read this on the internet this week and it freaked me out a little bit i was not really uh, expecting it to, to be what it was but it said to leave the pump leave the nozzle after the pump cuts off and let it drain you can get an extra quarter of a cup out of it by just letting it fully drain it reminds us to use the uh, cruise control say the cruise control is more efficient than just your foot mashing on the gas um, corroded battery cables can cause your car to work harder We have a break coming up. After the break, we'll get to some more fuel tips and some other stuff. Looking forward to a great show. Y'all come back. See you in a little bit. Listening to the Truth Network and TruthNetwork.com. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. We have a lot going on today. Um, Robbie is out, so I'm your guest host. We have our guest, Terry Emmon. This is Terry's first time on the show. And 
it, it's a little nerve-wracking the first time you do it, but uh, I'm so glad to have him here. He's been such a huge part of my life. But we have a caller, and if I can make these telephones work, we have Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. Sarah Linda, that's my name. Sarah Linda, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. uh, my bifocals don't really reach the screen <laughs> all the way up there. <laughs> well, I, I have to adjust my glasses, too, so I understand. Well, my poem, uh, which it, I got it the last, I was late last Saturday getting up, and I got it the last 10 minutes. So here it is, Cars and God's Plan. My manufacturer, he has the perfect plan. He had a special purpose for the race of man. If you have a sports car, or and maybe it's a Porsche, you'll know that from his source, it's the best plan, of course. For the plans we have here, where, we'll, where we will find success, those are the plans he has had. Those plans he will bless. For every perfect plan, Starts with the letter Vav. Those plans from God above, they will all start with love. Wow, that's quite awesome. You write that yourself? <laughs> Pardon? Oh, yeah, that's the, that's my... Wow. Well, that, I had a stroke when I was 18, and I almost... Not, well, I'll be 94, and I, I guess a week now. Wow. I'll be 94, but that's been the best way for me to get things across. I started and out so, writing poetry in high school. Well, I guess maybe elementary school. I would write a silly poem and put it in somebody's <laughs> annual, and that was my introduction to poetry. And uh, I've written some stuff. I hadn't published anything, and I don't think I'll get a Pulitzer Prize for any of my poems, but... Uh, I really enjoyed doing that, and it's something I may need to revisit in my life. Well, thank oh, you for dude. calling in this morning with that. And uh, is there anything you would like to add to that? Well, I guess that's, uh, I guess that's, uh, uh, well, right now, <laughs> no, not now. All right, but dear. I'm well, so thank, you for, thank you for <laughs> calling, you. and uh, thank you for blessing us with that poem. And please call again soon. Thank you. God and bless you. you. Have a thank you. Blessing. Amen. 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 Well, the next thing we want to talk about is what's keeping us from achieving our maximum performance for God? What keeps me from doing the things I should be doing to keep myself close to God and performing the task he has prepared for me? I know he wants me to help people. I know he wants to, me to tell people all he has done for me, publicly, such as this, and in one-on-one -on -one situations. But sometimes I struggle with the opportunity to speak to an individual. Does that bother you, Terry? Do you have struggles speaking one-on-one, uh, -on -one, or, or are you better at one-on-one -on -one and then maybe struggle with well, Bob, the... Uh, uh, I can talk to you real good, but if talking to a crowd, it's I get nervous. But there's I, I nobody try, on the other end of this. It's just, just me and you here in I the room. I just try to clam <laughs> up, you know. Um, but that's mine, is um, I doubt myself. Um, I pull up my past, and I think it's just Satan um, keeping me from achieving what God has planned for me. Um, I guess it's 
two and a half years ago, me and my wife started praying three times a day, and uh, it's changed our life dramatically. Uh, everything's changed. Our whole outlook's changed on life. It's changed with our kids, um, with our family members. Um, I just see a lot of open doors. You know, God's got a plan and a path, and uh, I didn't know how jump cars was going to lead with it. I remember one time when I uh, first started working for you, I asked my wife, I was like, why has God got me here at this junkyard? She's like, I don't know. And, you know, it's just I always come home and I was, why am I at the junkyard? Why ain't I up at a business downtown Winston working? Well, my mom, she was so, it just, she couldn't figure it out. I'd worked in printing for years and years and years in the printing industry and at some really nice places I worked for. Started out at Western Electric, and uh, they became uh, AT&T. And then uh, after that, I went to R.J. Reynolds. I had some really good printing jobs. And then I worked for a private printing industry for a while. And um, it really served me well. But then I started doing the car crushing thing. I worked for Mike Pugh, and we were a mobile car crushing outfit. And she's like, son... Why are you doing this kind of work? Uh, says printing's been so good to you for so long. I says, you know me, Mom. I can fall in a, I can step in something and come out smelling like a rose, you know. And uh, she never got it, but you know. And I know she can see it now. That that work at doing the hard work and learning how to crush the cars with the guy turned into something really awesome. You mentioned a second ago your past. I wrote down some notes. Our past is one of the best tools in Satan's toolbox. I feel my past is one of the biggest hurdles I have to deal with. I have let the wretched life I once lived rob me of so many blessings. I used it as an excuse not to do the things that God placed in my path. I convinced myself there was no way I could do anything positive for God because of all the negatives. Um... Although I still struggle with the past in smaller ways, God revealed to me that he could use me and my past to be a blessing to others. He led me to the youth of our church and encouraged me to share some of the pitfalls of my life with them. God used me and my shortcomings to wave a warning flag for the young people at our church. Who better to warn them of the obstacles of life than someone who tripped over most of them? I've said it many times before. God took the things that I thought disqualified me from working with the youth and let me know these things uniquely qualified me to work with them. And it's just such a, it's such a tool for Satan to use to hold us back. We think we can't do things because of our past. We're coming up on another break. We'll be back shortly with the Christian Car Guy Show. Remember, it's a call in 866-348-7884. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to the Christian Car Guy Show. <clears throat> I'm Bob Young with my guest, Terry Inman. And uh, today we've been talking about things that can help your performance and uh, things that hurt your performance. The performance of your car 
and um, or the performance of us personally. Um, today, the last segment of the show will be the Christian Car Guy Theater. So this will be the last segment we have uh, today. But one of the other things I wanted to talk about that has robbed my performance in life, another key tool in Satan's toolbox is doubt. The seeds of doubt are one of the fastest growing things that exist. How many great ideas have been completely crushed by just small amounts of doubt? And it's very contagious. If one person starts to doubt, it can infect everyone in the whole room. And uh, I can't count the times that I let doubt rob me of blessings. Recently, two guys from the church approached me with an idea about having an outdoor music event at Oak Forest. Apparently, Satan did not want this to happen because he instantly began pelting me with doubts of all kinds. What if the weather's bad? What about COVID? Will people come? What about parking? Will we be able to get enough help? And that age-old doubt, probably the most used doubt there ever was. We've never done this before. (laughs) All these doubts piled up on me and really held me back from fully supporting the event. Even when I was announcing our intentions to the congregation, I was so filled with doubt that I did one of my worst presentations ever. Well, God has made it clear to me that I need to get over my doubt and get fully on board with this event. Since he has removed my doubt, I feel great about announcing today to the audience that on October 16th at Oak Forest United Methodist Church in Midway, from 11 o'clock to around 5 o'clock, 5-ish, there will be the first annual uh, outdoor singing event. I think we're calling it Singing at the Oaks. I'm really excited about this, but it's just a key thing in my life. I let doubt rob me of blessings. Ever happened to you, brother? Yeah, Bob, all the time. I mean, I I doubt myself more than I can. My wife's like, stop, pray, stop, pray. (laughs) You know, and then it hits me. You know, light comes on. All right, stop, pray, and then, you know, it works myself out, but... That's the thing is, I think it's just not me and you. It's everybody. We always doubt. It's like when I bought that rollback, I doubted myself about a bunch of things. And um, September 28th will be a year that we've had this rollback and we've been running. And we've been blessed. Um, free. I mean, everything has been free. We've been blessed. We've been able to help people. And that's the thing. Uh, seeing that smile on somebody's face when you show up and they've been having a bad day and their cars broke down and, I load it up and, hey, you want where do you want to ride to? You know, I'll give them a ride to where they need to go and they need to go to work. And it's just a blessing. And then that's when I see the light shine. I was like, oh, you doubted yourself. And then you turn around and your heart feels good and warm again. You know, and that's. It's amazing how that works. I want to switch over to some of the things that has helped me achieve my maximum performance for God instead of things that have held me back, what has helped me achieve my maximum performance to God? I'm much closer to God in times of tragedy and chaos. When I look back at my life, it's easy to see a pattern. When everything is going smoothly and there's no chaos in my life, I tend to be less close to God. When it seems that that there is calm and order, I tend to drift away as if I don't need God in those times. That is the part of my life and relationship with God that needs the most work. 
Just because there's not a fire burning out of control does not mean that we need to close the fire department. If I, I think if I would stay in touch with him more, it would help. Opening my Bible and getting on my knees and praying more would be the best thing I could do to help with this issue. Miss Betty Hughes said it best when she said, if you don't feel close to God, guess who moved? That's exactly right, Bob. It is, uh, it's just been a, a constant thing for me. There's a pattern in my life when things are out of control and, and I can't, I can't possibly do things myself, uh, our preacher said it one time. He said, the church never moved. You did. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. That was a very, very, very good point. But uh, another one of the things that, that has helped me, I mean, that has not helped me, one of the things that de- deprived from me was worry. And I should have thrown this in before I did the positive things, but I can't, I can't you know, leave this one out. Worry is one of the worst performance robbers there is for a person. It's like having bad gas in your tank. It just messes up everything. God gave us the ability to anticipate the future, but if we misuse it, it can become a a dark cloud of unbelief. We need to trust that God is in control, and if we will follow his direction, that everything will work out. I'm as guilty as anyone of having short-term memory about letting God lead the way. After all the things he has led me through, I still catch myself worrying from time to time about things I have no control over. My mom was found out I was worrying about something out of my control one day, and she asked me, Is there anything you can do about it? I said, uh, No, ma'am. She said, then why are you wasting your time worrying about it if there's nothing you can do? And uh, that's, I have wasted, through the years, I have wasted so much time worrying about stuff I can do absolutely nothing about. But getting back to the positives and and, um, the times when I felt really closest with God, one of the times I felt closest with God was when my business burned. It was so easy to turn to God during this period period, because it was crystal clear to me that I could never recover from this without, without following his direction. There was no way I could figure out all the things that had to be figured out without massive amounts of divine intervention. And boy, did we get help. God showed up every day. Even before the flames were out, he made his presence known. He guided me through the whole event, and we came out on the other side bigger than bigger and better than ever. I, hey, I, I can remember that. I started working for you, and uh, one of the biggest things that come out, I went home after the first uh, day. day I, I started with Bob, third shift security. Then I went on first, uh, first shift about three months later, and uh, – Man, that first day on first shift was a blessing. I went home and told my wife, I said, the man prayed. She's like, what? I was like, he prayed us in and prayed us out. I said, this is it. God has showed me where I need to be. That started right after the fire. That's when we began to, the day of the fire, we prayed before we went home. The next Mm -hmm. morning, we prayed before work, and we prayed after work. And from that point on, every morning before work, we prayed. We prayed. 
Now the afternoon prayer got got kind of messed up a little bit. It kind of fell to the wayside there after a while. But but that changed a lot of me. You know that that part was uh, a stepping stone that God had laid in my life that said, "Hey, I'm gonna put this man here, and I'm gonna keep prayer present in your life, and that's what you need to do is keep praying. Things will change, and it's it's been it's been a blessing. It's been a blessing." Well, we we didn't have much choice at that time. I mean, there was no way that we could figure it out by ourselves. So we had to, it just was crystal clear that we had to have some help. Another tragedy in my life that brought me closer to death, brought me closer to God, and God brought me through it, was my son's death. I was lost. My son was my best friend, my business partner, my retirement plan, my race car driver, and had been the center of my universe for 26 years. Now he was gone. So many people have to completely shut down after something like this looking for answers. But God convinced me there was no answers available at this time and that uh, I just had to push forward. But I did have the blessed assurance that just four months before Rob's death, he was saved and baptized. Now, the day that boy was baptized, it was important. It was so important to me, and I was so excited and, and just super thrilled about it. But the day he died, his baptism meant so much more. It just became the ground I could stand on. It gave me everything I needed to, to get through to, uh, you know, I'd sang Blessed Assurance in church so many years, but I never fully understood it till the day that boy died and I had the blessed assurance that he was in heaven. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're coming to the end of the third segment. This will be the end of the show for us. I want to thank everybody for being with us today. Terry, thank you for being hey, here. Bob, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It's been a blessing. We'll hope you all will stay tuned for the Christian Car Guy Theater, and I hope you enjoy it. You're listening to The Truth Network and truthnetwork.com. And now time for Christian Car Guy Theater with today's episode, A Plymouth Progress, episode 19. Now, Jimmy saw in his dream that after Plymouth Valiant's battle with evil Apollyon, there came to Valiant what appeared to be a flying hand with some of the leaves of the Tree of Life, which Valiant took and applied to the wounds that he had received in the battle with Apollyon and he was healed immediately. He also sat down in that place to eat bread and drink from the bottle that was given to him a little before by prudence, piety, and charity. After Christian refreshed himself, he began his journey again with his sword drawn in hand, for he said, (sighs) There might yet be another enemy at hand. But Valiant met with no other attack from Apollyon through this valley of humiliation. Now at the end of this valley was another valley that was called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And since there was no other way to the Celestial City, Valiant was obliged to go through it. Oh my, this valley is a very solitary place. 
I recall the prophet Jeremiah thus describing it, a wilderness, a land of deserts and of pits, a land of drought and of the shadow of death, a land that no man but a Christian passed through and where no man dwelt. Now here, Valiant was to be afflicted more than in his flight with Apollyon, as the following adventure will show. Jimmy then saw in his dream that when Valiant arrived at the borders of the shadow of death, there met him two sedans, children of Taurus Timorous and Malibu Mistrust. They brought up an evil report of the good land of Canaan. These two sedans were quickly retreating when Valiant stopped them and asked where they were going. Whither are you going? Back, and we would have you to do so too, if either life or peace is prized by you. Why, what's the matter? Matter? We were going that way as you were going, and went as far as we dared to go, and almost went past the point of no return. Had we continued, we would not be here to warn you. But what have you met with? Why, we were almost in the valley of the shadow of death. But as good fortune would have it, we looked ahead and saw the danger before we came to it. But what have you seen? Seen? Why, the valley itself, which is as dark as pitch. We also saw there the hobgoblins, satyrs, and dragons of the pit. We heard also in that valley a continual howling and yelling as of a people under unutterable misery, who there sat bound in affliction and irons. And over that valley hangs the discouraging clouds of confusion. Death also doth always spread his wings over it. In a word, it is every whit dreadful, being utterly without order. <laughs> All these terrors aside, Nothing that you have said so far convinces me that this is anything but the way to the Celestial City. Have your own way, but we will not choose it as ours. So the three parted, and Valiant went on his way, but still with his sword drawn in his hand, for fear lest he should be assaulted. Valiant looked ahead on the road and said, Oh my, what a narrow way. This is the worst of construction zones narrowing to a single lane. On the right hand of every deep ditch, that ditch looks as though it is where the blind man led the blind in all ages. And they have both there miserably perished. Again, behold, on the left hand, there was a very dangerous quagmire into which, if even a good sedan slides, he can find no bottom for his tires to get traction. Into that quagmire, King David once did fall, and no doubt would have been smothered, had not he who is able pulled him out of the quagmire. The roadway here was exceedingly narrow. Darkness, smoke, and fog set in, and therefore Good Valiant was tested to his limits. For in the dark, when he tried to avoid the ditch on the one hand, he was ready to tip over into the mire on the other. Also, when he sought to escape the mire, unless he was very careful, he would also drive into the ditch. Thus he went on, and here he sighed bitterly. Ah, this roadway construction zone is so dark and foggy, that I have no idea which way to steer, or what I might run over. In the middle of the valley, Valiant saw the mouth of hell. He fearfully wondered how to proceed. Ah, oh, what shall I do? Those flashes out of the pit, the flames and smoke come out in such fury, with sparks and hideous noises, they seem to react to my sword as I swing it, and they cry out. 
I will put my sword back in the sheath and use a more effective weapon in this dark place. Hmm, a weapon that the Sadamsels told me about. The weapon of all prayer. Oh Lord, I beseech thee, deliver my soul. Thus, Valiant went on a great while, yet still the flames would be reaching towards him. Also, he heard doleful voices and rushing to and fro, so that sometimes he thought he should be torn in pieces or trodden down like mire in the streets. This frightful sight was seen and these dreadful noises were heard for him for several miles. And coming to a place where he thought he heard a company of evil fiends coming forward to meet him, he stopped and began to muse what he had best to do. Talking to himself, Oh Lord, what shall I do? Should I go back? Yet, I might be halfway through this horrible valley. I have already vanquished many a danger, and the danger of going back might be much worse than to go forward. <sighs> Somehow I must go on. Yet Valiant sensed the fiendish fiends who seemed to come nearer and nearer. But when they were come even almost at him, he cried out with a most vehement voice. I will walk in the strength of the Lord God. So the fiends came no further and turned back. Jimmy now took notice that poor Valiant was so confounded that he did not know his own voice. And thus Jimmy perceived it. Just when Valiant had come near the mouth of the burning pit, one of the wicked ones stepped up softly behind Valiant and whispered many grievous blasphemies to him, which grieved Valiant when he thought he had blasphemed him whom Valiant loved. Though in truth he had not done that. The demon's voice sounded just like Valiant. The celestial city is a trap for the ignorant and the simple. For all you know, the place you're headed is worse than this. Jesus is the way all right, the way to hell. Valiant thought these very words had proceeded from his own mind. This put Valiant more to it than anything he had met with before, even to think that he should now blaspheme him that he loved so much before. Yet if he could have helped it, he would have not done it. But he did not have the discretion either to stop his ears or to know where these evil thoughts came from. Tune in soon for another exciting adventure in the Plymouth Progress. Now, here's Danny Dipstick and Randy Radiator to review today's episode. <laughs> Randy, when I think I've heard a ghost that sounds just like me, that's Deja Boo. <laughs> yes, it's Deja Boo all over again. <laughs> you know, Danny, I hate narrow construction zones. Yet God does so much work on me when I slow down and understand I'm under construction. Not to mention that the best soil is always found in the valley. You, you know, there you can find the rich soil that will, well, will take off this hard shell of mine so my seed can take root. <laughs> you know, Daddy, it, it may seem at first like a God had abandoned poor Valiant. But, but I think he will be a whole new sedan after he dies a bit in this valley. And as for being confused by the voice of the demon sounding like his own voice, well, what a precious lesson that is for all of us. This is when Valiant needs God's word in his heart. There is no doubt when you hear it, you will know you are hearing the truth. <laughs> I especially like when he... When he cried out, I will walk in the strength of the Lord God. Woohoo, that was very powerful. You know, Danny, there's, there's nothing like a good butt dust bath to 
bring out the best in us. But does? Yeah, Daddy. Daddy, Psalms 103, 14. For he knows we are butt dust. <laughs> See, Daddy? <laughs> we need a good butt dust bath every once in a while. <laughs> Say goodbye, Daddy. <laughs> See you later, Radiator. This is the Truth Network.